Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Oi, what's the best game where you get to eat pie? What's the best game where you play a dead guy? I feel fun out in DJ247's podcast. Here, what's the best game where you swing from a rope? And what's the best game where you battle the pole? Like I said, you will find out in this year podcast. Hello and welcome to VG247's Best Games Ever podcast, where we attempt to find the best game within an extremely specific category that we have expertly devised in order to get people to click on our website so we don't starve. But no matter how well we do at the SEO game, we are unfortunately starving anyway because of a man called Todd Howard. Uh, now, Todd is a man, a lovely man, a really nice man, but um, he is incapable of shipping a game in under a decade. And you know what? Fair play. None of us can ship a game at all. Uh, But none of the rest of us uh, are the lead director of basically the most important video games going if your mortgage relies on guides traffic. So uh, this is why our topic this week is the best game to play while you wait for Starfield to come out. I'm really sorry I couldn't write a funnier intro this week. I tried, but in doing so, discovered that the only amusing thing about Starfield is that it rhymes with Garfield. Uh, I'm joined. Uh, I'm joined this week by uh, editor in chief Tom Ory. It wasn't even remotely funny, was it? Uh, no, it wasn't funny at all. Sorry, uh, it's uh, it's, be, it's been that kind of a week, Tom. Uh, <laughs> associate editor Alex Donaldson. Hello. Who is not feeling well and uh, uh, features editor Dom, who uh, is back on the podcast after a very, very long hiatus. <laughs> this is your first appearance since episode two, which was six months ago. Hi. Uh, I hope it's worth the wait. I mean, if you don't win now, you are you are effectively ending a winning streak. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a hundred percent win rate. I need to I need to keep it up. Yeah, this is why uh, Sharif's afraid of coming back because he's been on three times and won three times, and it's uh, it's unlikely to. Uh, I mean, one of those know. wins was on a technicality, though. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and I did I did listen to the disgraceful roundup podcast where Tom just disparaged everybody's uh, results. The 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 hastily commissioned episode where Tom berated me for an hour for not for him not winning enough yeah yeah and we planned that we always planned that episode six months ago and we thought we're working on the notes ever since yeah 27 episodes in we'll do a roundup <laughs> um but yeah so uh yeah you got it quite tight in that podcast alex for for flying to uh warsaw i mainly it wasn't really him i was i was more his mate that i had to go out <laughs> <laughs> he deserves it to be fair yeah yeah um all right okay so uh yeah so we're looking for the best uh uh i've forgotten the name of the fucking podcast um the best game to play while you wait for starfield to come out uh which is a subject very close to our hearts as a as i described in the intro because uh until it comes out we've basically got nothing uh <laughs> to tell you about on the website so let's start with dom because uh, your one is a game that's actually quite close to my heart as we discussed last week yeah uh, i have gone for ftl faster than light which is one of the best strategy games sort of like space 
space games that's out there. Uh, I might, I'm sort of going back on what I said on the website yesterday, in which I wrote Mass Effect is one of the best sci-fi space games out there. So ignore that. Um, but FTL, <laughs> it's, it's a perfect, it's a, it's an easy 10 out of 10 for me. Uh, I, I picked it up after I played it at a mate's house once for like an hour. I had it yeah. on my, uh, gaming PC and I, it took about a week of my life away. I think I stayed up to about 4 a.m. for like seven days in a row, just playing it. Uh, but mm. I, I've got a soft spot for roguelikes and things like that. Like, I've, I think I've got a thousand plus hours in Binding of Isaac. Um, oh, wow. So this is the sort of game that just it scratches that itch. It's, you can keep on playing it over and over again, going through, exploring the depths of space, getting deeper and deeper into space as things get scarier and scarier. And then like your ship sets on fire and then you, your crew die and you're like, oh, well, that's a waste of four hours. I'll do it all again. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I think as you wait for Skyrim, and as you sorry, as you wait for Skyrim space, uh, and want something that kind of like hits upon this idea of exploration and like uh, there's kind of a simulation aspect of it as well, and like you need to make sure your oxygen's working and your ship is firing on all cylinders. Mm. I don't know. I just think it. I think it really scratches that kind of like soft sci-fi itch that you have with these kind of things that I think Starfield would also kind of uh, work work with. What I loved about FTL is that it really made you feel like those bits in Star Trek where the captain is just fucking screaming at everyone because the ship is <laughs> like falling apart around them and, and the Klingons are outside pelting you with fucking torpedoes and you're screaming at Data to get the, the shields <laughs> up or whatever. They and should have made a license version, Star Trek. They absolutely should have done. Mm. Uh, I think it would have done gangbusters. But you know, but then they made like Star Trek Online, which is rubbish. <laughs> uh, so well, you know. our subset games moved on to make uh, Into the Breach, which is just as good and tight mm. and. and I don't know about just as good. I don't know about just as good. It's very good, but I don't think it's FTL is is special. FTL's um, a it's like a once in a generation kind of thing, isn't it? Like. Yeah, when it, when it arrives on not, Switch, I've not played it at all. Have you not? It looks looks like a boring game for nerds. I thought you <laughs> hired me on the basis of an FTL review way back when. Really? Well, yeah, I was saying to Don, like FTL was like the first game I ever sort of reviewed on YouTube. Was it? Yeah, I, a didn't, big, I didn't watch that. There's a big CGI <laughs> penis in the video. <laughs> I need, I of course. Yeah, you just made a video about trains, and that's what got you the job. <laughs> <laughs> I watched the video. I watched it back because Dom reminded me. I was like, "This is I love. I love for FTL. There was, there was definitely a period in my life where I was playing it constantly. You can call all your wee guys like Riker and whatever because you know because <laughs> everyone who plays that game is already." And I watched this. It's all really old time McLeish review. It was the first ever one I did, and I watched it back, and I forgot this, but I recreated the next generation intro. But instead of the starship, it's a giant <laughs> penis. <laughs> So, um, start and, the uh, long and illustrious career. Yeah, and here I am now. <laughs> <laughs> and it's largely Tom Murray's fault, if, if I'm being honest. So, um, yeah, FTL, uh, FTL is a great choice. And it means, like, it, like I think um, you all must remember that period when it came out and it was like games Twitter was just didn't shut up about it for a solid... It was one of those ones that lasts a week and then nobody ever refers to it ever again. <laughs> but there was definitely, like, a solid week of, like, that being the water cooler game. Yeah, and it's one of the few games of that of that type where when that happened, I didn't resist. Because often when this happens, everyone's <laughs> going, oh, my God, this is such and such, and it's a little indie game. I'm like, 
I'm not falling into this trap. <laughs> Screw these guys. <laughs> but this is one of the few where I was like, actually, yes. Because on the top down, it looks like, I don't know, a fancy modified Excel spreadsheet or something. Like, you kind yeah. of look at it for the graphics-wise, and it's all very blocky and looks very simple. But that belies yeah. its depth, and it's, like, the kind of spirit of it as well. And in terms of game design, going from, like, system to system and, like, galaxy to galaxy and exploring yeah. and getting resources, it's all very tight. And I think that that's mm. what makes it so compelling and why you keep going back. And it's got that beautiful, uh, almost, like, unknowable, like, uh, uh, roguelite thing where it's like no one more go I know I know it's three I know mm. it's ten past three in the morning but I need mm. to go one more time because I can probably just jump one more system one more system and I yeah. can get my special other ship and it, it just the way it stacks rewards on you and kind of like it coaxes you on and you get to make yeah. your own narrative at the same time it, there's something really just very very tight and mechanical about it yeah and you, you, it does have that kind of one more goal thing where you're like it's just it's a really well-balanced roguelike, and it never quite feels unfair. But you, you, you always feel like I almost made it there, but I, I just had a little bit of bad luck. And if I can do it again without hitting that bad luck, I can definitely, you know, it's the only roguelike I've ever really enjoyed because I generally like hate them. I don't like <sighs> any video games apart from like <laughs> four. Should uh, be noted also, like a, a, a big good thing about that game, right? Is it was one of the rare true gaming kickstarter successes where oh yes yeah. it was mm. on kickstarter it got backed it got got its money and it came out in a relatively um i mean admittedly a lot of the development was done they did the kickstarter to give them more but mm. still and it had nothing to do with tim schaefer <laughs> so you know still as... still looks like a game for nerdy dreams uh, it also <laughs> kicked off it, the career of ben amazing 20. soundtrack yes amazing exactly. soundtrack. Oh, yeah, soundtrack, got that soundtrack yeah. on vinyl yeah, yeah same here. Yeah. And then that, and into the breach as well, which same guy, and the both of them just they just work really, really well at what they do. Perfect like mm. background work in music because it's just it's designed to keep your brain ticking over, but not be too intrusive. And I think it's all part of the yeah. magic that feeds into keep that game, just keeping its claws in your cortex and just like yeah. keeping you drawn in. I don't like the way that that Jim is kind of liking this and also how he's attached star trek to it i feel quite <laughs> i feel like this is already like there's already a clear winner in this oh one. what is it with james billcliffe and, and and his wife is he talking about like the meta game of like appealing to jim trinker's fucking mm. childhood or whatever it becomes this sort of like uh, it becomes these emotional mind games about tugging on my specific heart. heart. And th- after he said that, this podcast has become like some kind of nightmare for me, like a real like existential sort of uh, hellscape where people just hold up mirrors to bits of me that I didn't know existed. Um, on the, uh, I've got a, a wee Discord channel that a bunch of people hang out in who like me. I know it uh, sounds too good to be true, but it, uh, and. Um, in there, a couple of them have started talking about this podcast, and the chat has started uh, referring to like the fucking meta game um, as described by James. So, like that has even by coming on the podcast and describing the podcast in those terms, he has changed the game, uh, which is is terrifying. It's like we're in a whole new phase. <laughs> Um, so anyway, all right. So next up, uh, take a minute because I know. Like- yeah, I apologise, Jim, for the amount of editing uh, you'll have to do, and I'll say this to the audience: uh, I'm a little bit poorly at the minute, so um, 
talking for a stretch of time is a challenge, but let's give it a go and test Jim's editing skills. So when I was thinking about this, um, a few things popped to mind. Actually, to be honest, Dom's pick did come up in my thoughts. Um, Dom also mentioned Mass Effect. That came up in my thoughts. But I decided to pick the game that, like, seems to be most aligned with what Starfield is going to be in terms of how it's new and different to Bethesda games, typical Bethesda games. And that, um, of course, is No Man's Sky. Mm. So the interesting thing about No Man's Sky is um, I did not have a pleasant relationship with that game when it first came out. Um, The way we used to work stuff on VG247 then, and it's quite similar now really, is oftentimes someone will take a game to view it and they will do the review and uh, a bunch of like guides for launch day and stuff like that but then they will step away and go and work on other things to detox a bit and other people will pick up the guides so in the case of no man's sky um i think kirk had reviewed it um and then i was the guy who came in after kirk walked away to keep going on guides and stuff and you know, as people know, when that game first launched, it was a little bit unfinished, um, a little bit all over the place. Mm-hmm. And man, I was annoyed about it. I just found <laughs> it a miserable, miserable experience. Mm-hmm. Um, truly, I hated it. Um, and I was writing guides for this game and I wrote many of them and I despised it. Um, just because I felt like it was an empty, soulless game that was sort of trading on these fakeries about uh, a, a generated world and we've seen um we've seen developers crash up on these waves before right the the first mass effect oh, yeah, had 100 had yeah. uh procedurally generated planets and then they they tried to revisit that concept in andromeda and had to abandon it part way through development because it, they realized it was too much of a of a challenge and the weird thing about andromeda is the crafted worlds that are in there are like procedurally generated that they then went in and touched up because that was the like level of uh, speed at which they needed to develop. <laughs> they had to start with procedurally generated. And of course, No Man's Sky then did it. And now we've got Starfield doing it with Todd Howard in a presentation talking about thousands of planets to explore and all the rest. So they feel very similarly aligned. However, the interesting thing is No Man's Sky... For, for all the hatred I had for it when it first came out and the state of it when it first came out, has got really, really good. Hmm. It's got really good. And so actually, I think that is almost why this is the best game to play while you wait for Starfield. Because not only is it thematically aligned with what Starfield is, but it's actually similar in terms of Bethesda games quite often launch in a bit of a state uh, and then improve over time. Um, hopefully, Starfield, that isn't the case. I mean, they've got a big bonus this time in the sense that they're only developing for two platforms. Depending on how you want to look at it, three, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they've got that advantage. So hopefully that helps them. Um, and it seems like Microsoft's given them more time than maybe they would have had if Bethesda was on its own. So maybe we're better this time. But I feel like there's, there's the thematic link there. Um, the link between, I forget his surname, but it's Sean something, right? Uh, on No Man's Sky and Todd. I feel oh, like Sean like Murray. Murray. Yeah. I feel like yeah. there's a thematic link between the two of them. They're sort of cut from the same cloth to some degree. I think, um, uh, yeah, I can see that, yeah. Does he have a leather jacket, though? 
Sean. <laughs> you know, that leather jacket, I, 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 I shit you not. After that E3 conference, I almost bought that jacket. <laughs> I, I loved it that much. And shout out to Lucy James on, on GameSpot because she was the person I was like, does anyone know what jacket uh, Todd was wearing? And I tweeted that and Lucy had looked it up and replied straight away going, here it is, here's the link to the place to the place selling it. Uh, it was a really nice jacket to refer. And he wears Speedmaster, which is a great watch. <laughs> but enough of that. Um, yeah, the point is anyway, I feel like there's a real strong thematic link between the two. And I think once Starfield comes out, I think yeah. there's going to be a lot of conversations about Starfield versus no man's sky because the way i see it from the way that game has been presented so far Mm. is starfield is the big budget triple a version of no man's sky where no man's sky was made by i don't know 50 people or something maybe less Mm. this is the version of that game that's been made by 500 600 700 people um yeah yeah, yeah, that's really really interesting so i think it's a bit of a funny answer this time from me, but I, for me, it's just this idea of, I think if you play these two almost back to back, the parallels and differences are going to be really, really interesting for mm. people who are interested in the nerdy side of video games like me. So yeah. that's my pick. Super nerdy. Wonderful. No Man's Sky, my experience of this is, <laughs> put it, I've, I've, I've loaded it up. This is like, wasn't straight at launch, it was a bit later. And the planet I was on was the most toxic hostile piece of shit ever yeah that happens to me so many times and it's like why am i doing this i can't do anything i'm moving and i'm dying almost immediately and there's some random bot thing flying around shooting me i've got like some gun that shoots a rock or something i don't know what it does the ui is impossible to understand at the time like it was just a mess like it was like it's just loads of icons i didn't really know what they did um but i do appreciate that they've done a lot of work on it and they add Every month, it's every couple of months, they add a load of new stuff. And it's like, how are you adding all this stuff without actually releasing it as a, like a sequel and getting no more money? Like, is, I'm really like impressed with that aspect of it. But I've never what, been able to get into it at all. No Man's Sky is one I feel quite bad about because I was really excited about it when it, I did the review for, for Video Gamer back in the day. Um, and uh, I remember sort of being quite excited for it. And I think I, I suggested, though, um, that... The problem with procedurally generated games, I remember saying this before it came out, before we got code for it, that like the danger with it is that the first two hours are going to be exactly the same as every eight, as the rest of the game. So like it's just procedurally generated jigsaw that does itself and you're never going to, it's never going to feel particularly different. There's never, there's not going to be an arc to this thing and people are just going to get bored. Um, Cause we've, we've, been as alex said we've been uh down this road before like elite was doing it back in the 80s you know like we, we, we yeah very familiar with this kind of game all that marketing hype about every atom procedural and all that utter bollocks they came out with on the <laughs> on the e3 fucking stage just complete nonsense but i, I remember like i was cautious, cautiously optimistic and then it came out and i gave it six out of ten because i was like yeah it's fucking yeah it's it's, it's a it's a brilliant feat of software engineering but it's fucking boring and uh, <laughs> um this was about two weeks before the game actually came out and just got like as you as you as you know every website gets just got a bunch of hate mail and a couple of death threats for suggesting that no man's sky might not be the game that everyone as sort of imagines it is and then uh, and then it came out and everyone hated it and i felt quite vindicated but uh 
yeah. So anyway, I don't know. I don't know what the point of that story was. But look, it, I think it's a really interesting parallel. I think one of the interesting things with Starfield is that they have a cap on. It's not like Infinite Universe thousands and thousands of thousands of planets they're not trying to simulate an entire galaxy like elite dangerous they're not trying to simulate entire universes uh we're not getting into the territory where like there is more content in this game than a human being could ever see in 10 lifetimes they have got a cap they've got like 100 star systems probably around a thousand planets most of those are going to be like gas giants, <laughs> you know. So there's like I wrote a piece for Tech Radar a while back about how like by putting that artificial limit on the size of the universe in Starfield and having all these hundreds of thousands, it's actually got a chance of feeling like like No Man's Sky, but feeling as curated as a Mass Effect game. So yeah. you've got somewhere in between, and I think that's the most exciting thing about it. So yeah, I think um, to sort of feel like you're heading in that kind of direction no man's sky is a really great pick for this um apart from the fact that it was really bad for a long time yeah but i mean you know the other aspect of course is building uh you know they one of the things they added to no man's sky is just like user generated stuff you know you can build entire towns and cities and stuff and of course one of the reasons why bethesda are making a game that has entire planet's worth of empty space in it, presumably, so people can go in and mod stuff into it. I guarantee somebody oh, yeah. is going to, like, make the fucking Elder Scrolls planet. <laughs> They're just going to be able to land on Nern. I guarantee I it bet, within a year. I bet that will be an Easter egg anyway. I feel like that is going to be something that is a thing. Like, See if you land on a planet, a planet and it's just full of, like, ruins of the Elder Scrolls cities. With, like, yeah, I, I could totally see it. To be honest, I could totally see it. Like, so I've got a full map of that world. And yeah, yeah it, it's 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 um, but yeah, I, I definitely think there's 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 a strong link between the two of them, and I look forward to yeah, yeah making yeah. those comparisons. Another strong it's... link between them is that everyone I know anecdotally that plays No Man's Sky is a massive stoner, and I think that is going to be true of Starfield <laughs> as well as Skyrim was. It just becomes the game of the stoners. Yeah, very likely. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, okay, Tom. Mm. Uh, so this is this is your. He's got two really good picks here. So this is your moment to shine. Yeah, I mean, I was listening to what Bill Cliff was saying, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> and he, I think he has some good. He, he makes some good points. So I was thinking, like, what is the what is the perfect Jim Trenker game for this yeah. topic? I was thinking, right, he loves Star Trek, right? Uh huh. It's got to be. So I was thinking Star Trek game. I thought. What else does he love? He loves Voyager. He really loves Voyager, right? Everyone loves Star Trek Voyager, yeah? He's not my favourite, but... You like it, right? You like Voyager. It's like, better than... It's better I'm than, the Voyager lover. I like, better I, than, I, I like aspects of Voyager. It sounds like you're so, on a loser already, Tom. So I, thought, I, thought, oh, I thought Star Trek Voyager Elite Force, right? Just because it's a Star Trek game and it's I do sci-fi. love that game. But I thought, no, it doesn't really feel like starfield much does no, it? Other no, than, like no. you might like it and it's sci-fi no then i thought about planet hopping uh-huh. and stuff and then i thought a really good game with planet hopping and space exploration and landing on planets and all that kind of stuff is starlink by ubisoft which i think got a bit mm. of a bit of a, a raw deal in that no Ooh. one really because it was a, like a toys game again yeah. with all the toys it got written off a lot i think as like a bit of a naff game that they sell toys for the fact is the toys for it are really good, but mm. like the ships are really good and the models are all really excellent and stuff. And the game is 
a lot of fun in terms of like the it's a, it's basically a shooter but when you're in a little spaceship and it, you've got the on land stuff and you've got the space stuff i thought no not really a jim trinker game so then i thought right what is the God, game how many more twists are gonna be in there's <laughs> a lot of twists so i thought I, I starfield, thought, oh. by the, starfield starlink by the way the best Star Fox game in 25 mm-hmm. years. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. It's yeah. very good. It's you have to get the Switch can, version. And you can probably still... It was available for, like, under a fiver at one point, the base yeah. kit. So yeah, yeah. Even though yeah. we're not choosing that Starlink game, you should get that because it is good. Um, and after lots of thought, and, like, I did lots of uh, <laughs> spreadsheets and sort of analysing stuff, I just thought, right... The Bill Cliff effect. Yeah, and yeah. I spoke to my wife... My children <laughs> and my and my, my neighbour is a big fan, so I spoke to my neighbour and um, they said, "Yeah, a Morrowind." So I just that's it. <laughs> Jesus, fair enough. Yeah, 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 that works. It's yeah. Not even, I don't even like Morrowind that much. <laughs> I find, I mean, on the Xbox, which when I played it, which at, at the time was like. It was a big, for a console game, it was a big deal, right? It felt oh, yeah, quite yeah. ahead yeah. of the, the time. And the Xbox had a few games like that that you thought PS2 could never handle this. It yeah, barely, yeah, the, yeah, the Xbox 100%. barely handled it, to be fair. Yeah, the, the Xbox um, used to reboot itself during loading screens, didn't yeah. it? So <laughs> flush the memory. That was a thing it, that came out a few years back. It was, um, I mean, as a game, it's got no space travel in it. It's got, it hasn't got any no. spaceships or anything. It's not no. sci-fi in any <laughs> no. shape or form. No. But it is a game that you like a lot, Jim. And it's an RPG. It's, it is a game I like a lot. Yeah. And you can probably <laughs> you could probably say you probably get excited because it runs in 4K on an Xbox Series X, right? Uh, yeah, I do get excited about that. It does look it does look quite <laughs> nice on that. See, I don't like. I mean, people at this point, people would be screaming about how the optimal way to play Morrowind now is by spend getting the pc version and spending about three weeks modding Mm. it installing (laughs) about 20 different graphics mods and upgrades and uh you know npc schedules and and uh quality of life updates and tweaks and everything else And, and the way you play morrowind now uh ever since probably around 2009 is that you do that you spend three weeks getting it looking and running beautifully and then you just don't play it Mm. um so uh you know and and probably um it is interesting because every game since morrowind every bethesda game since morrowind has been a version of morrowind like you can absolutely look at fallout 4 and go that's Morrowind, except you've got guns that's, and a wing. That's my real thinking here, is that this, yeah. was, the, this was like the blueprint for yeah. a lot of future Bethesda games, right? Yeah, 100%. And then, Star- and then Starfield. So if you want to get like how mm. they got to Starfield, this is a good game to play, right? Because it kind of gives you the, the kind of route to where they got to now. Yeah. Like yeah. the journey, like the space journey that they went on <laughs> to get yeah. to Starfield. <laughs> Um, and you don't have to play the other ones because they're all basically just an aversion of Morrowind. Yeah. Whereas this is like they're actually trying to do. It looks like they're trying to do something a bit different. Mm. Um, so basically, the games well, that Bethesda have made are the games yeah. before Morrowind, which I don't know. My name's Daggerfall. Is yeah. That one of them. Daggerfall. The other yeah, ones. Yeah. The yeah. other ones. Well, what? Well, I think what Bethesda. Uh, I mean, this is not quite what they they've ever said, uh, but I think 
essentially what Bethesda set out to do was to, you know, that famous Edge thing about Doom, like, I just wish I could talk to the monsters. Essentially, Arena is... Uh, like that, essentially, it's it's like a Doom game where you can actually talk to entities within it. Mm-hmm. Daggerfall takes the idea further, and then you eventually get to it. But I think what's where you get how you get to Starfield is that you've got um, is it Pete Hines? Is that his name? Mm-hmm. Bethesda and, and He's Todd the big Howard, marketing boss guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you've got like Todd Howard, and you saw a lot of this in the marketing for Fallout seventy six. Uh, Todd Howard is a person who grew up in the usa at basically the height of its power and sort of just on the tip of the decline in the 70s um around the time of the bicentennial which would have been Mm -hmm. a huge thing in the minds of uh americans of his age uh where essentially american exceptionalism was just was in vogue uh, and they had all these amazing kind of recent triumphs to look to uh, about how their society was the pinnacle of human civilization, like you know, winning the Second World War and putting a man on the moon and and just doing capitalism better than anyone else, which is, you know, uh, debatable as to how uh, whether or not that's a boon for everyone. But like, and that's how you that is literally how you get to Starfield because you you got you you start off with. I love Dungeons and Dragons. And then I also, like, I remember growing up in the 70s and then NASA sort of adoration and then and then you get to Starfield. Anyway, I I'm definitely gonna, think I'm, this is a game. You are right. I definitely yeah. think this is a game where Todd in particular is almost... It's got to be an area of great personal. It's like yeah, I said, yeah. um, I mentioned him wearing Speedmaster earlier. For people who aren't watch wankers... Um, the Speedmaster is 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 the the only watch that was ever yes. certified for space flight. It was the watch that they wore on yeah. the moon. Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah. So the fact that he owns one of those says something. Yeah. Great. Like what we're saying here is that Morrowind is a good choice, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's what that long speech about American yeah. history was basically saying. Yeah. 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 And uh, and then we had a little bit of Steve Burns chat, which. Uh, <laughs> you know, if you, if you if you want to do a podcast about American exceptionalism, you should invite him on. Nobody which we, knows which who that we're not is. Gonna. Nobody knows. We've got to stop the in jokes. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, who's Steve Burns? <laughs> Simpsons. Gears, really? <laughs> um, isn't right. he the guy that wrote "Spin You Right Round Like a Record"? <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, this has been a nice, lively discussion about the life and times of Todd Howard. Right. So uh, I need to pick something now. I'm going to play that jingle that Tom doesn't like, <laughs> which means signifies that I have to pick something. Uh, three absolutely wonderful choices. I mean, Tom's is a bit basic, if I'm being honest, but three <laughs> wonderful choices nonetheless. Uh, honestly, I think uh, I think Starlink would have been the better pick, Tom. If, uh, yeah, but... You wouldn't have picked that. You wouldn't have gone with that. I mean, you, I'm not, but I'm not going to go with Morrowind you'd, either. You'd have gone like, <laughs> I mean, more like let's let's just look at this, right? FTL, uh-huh. yeah, like it looks like it was drawn by a child, right? <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> looks like it's drawn by a child. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, no Man's Sky was yeah. sen- is a se- was essentially like unplayably boring for a long time yeah well yeah and like i tried to play it i gave it a go and it was yeah. just impo- impossible uh, uh, like the learning curve was ridiculous uh the, the inventory was a mess 
not good. Maybe now it's brilliant. I do, like I said, I do think they've done a great job updating yeah. it, and that's incredible what they've done with it. And then Morrowind, <laughs> a much loved classic, right? Which that you is, hate. That set the that, that basically laid down the the building blocks to all future Bethesda games. Which, yeah. as a game to play I mean, before you, Starfield, you could argue that Morrowind, Morrowind, alongside Kotor, basically. Uh, are basically the progenitors of of the big budget AAA console mm. RPG. Um, you could definitely make that argument, but Morrowind still isn't going to win. Kotor um, would have been a great pick, actually. That's a yeah. Kotor would have been fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but Tom didn't think of it, sadly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love uh, No Man's Sky is a great pick. Um, I'm I'm surprised nobody came up with Outer Worlds because if I was a contestant, I've I've started to think about what I would pick if I was a contestant. I think I would have gone with Outer Worlds and Mm. definitely lost. Um, No Man's Sky is a great pick. Uh, Yeah, in in a very similar vein, and I think. I think what you're going to get is that, like, if you have a continuum of these things about how to do a space game, you've got a Mass Effect at one end where you do it all with character and narrative and the size of the universe is just implied by people looking out of windows and stuff. And then you've got, on the other end of the scale, you've got No Man's Sky, as we discussed, which is just like you just try and generate everything with an algorithm and you have to like send little robots out into it to make sure it's working because people, no human person could ever play test it. And then you've got Starfield, which looks like it's going to hit right smack bang in the middle of those two extremes, which I find fascinating, but no man's sky is terrible. Um, so I'm going to have to, <laughs> it's better now. So it's better. Yeah. It's better now, but you only get, you only get one shot to make an impression. Don't you? Uh, certainly. Is that, an, me, M&M? Is that an M&M lyric? No. And, uh, and FTL is, uh, FTL is the kind of game and where basically it makes you feel like a starship captain. It makes you feel the thrill of exploring uncharted uh, territory in space. It, it it's it's got the it's got that wonderful Star Trek factor. Uh, it's nothing like any any of the Bethesda games, uh, but uh, I think it scratches a very similar itch. And uh, anytime you mention it, a bunch of people in the room go, "Oh yeah, I loved FTL for that week." So uh, <laughs> I think I think FTL's got it. So Dom, I, 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 and I was determined. Actually, I was determined. I was determined for this not to happen because I was like, "Oh, it'd be a nightmare if Dom just comes on every six months, wins, and fucks <laughs> off again." But unfortunately, I have to say. <laughs> Unfortunately, once again, he's nailed it. And uh, yeah, you knew that uh, Pokemon F- Conquest and FTL would be the, uh, <laughs> the, the keys that unlock this door. Look, at least those are like actually beloved and like well-regarded games. Bill Cliff has won with some absolute shite. Yeah, Bill Cliff is a fraud. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't be mad about losing to FTL because as soon as you said it, I was like, ah, oh, fuck. Bill Chris won with like PSP games that nobody's heard of. (laughs) He's just very good. He's just he must be brilliant in in job interviews, Bill Cliff. 
it's just it's just incredibly like good at bullshitting. And like I've listened to stuff when we did the recap episode last week. I listened to some of the things that Bill Cliff has won with, and I'm like, what was I thinking? This is horseshit. <laughs> but anyway, uh, all right, lovely. Well, thanks very much for listening, everyone. Please uh, leave us a five star review on uh, the podcast app of your choice because. Uh, we we need five star reviews to keep this going because uh, if 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 we ever get a four star review, we have to cancel the podcast. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's in my contract. We're up to, we're up to forty now on Apple. Yeah, lovely. Really? Yeah. We need yeah. to what we need is we we need five star reviews that you don't even have to write anything. Just give us five stars. But if you do write something, please do mention how well I host it. <laughs> and uh, and then what you need to do is uh, go and give the Eurogamer podcast like three, not too harsh. <laughs> I don't know, mean, go for it, put you your foot down, you know no, what I mean? You don't, you don't have to say it's bad, but just make sure that everyone knows it's not as good as ours. Uh, and, uh, and from any other network, just give them one. Um, so uh, these are the conditions that we need to we, we need to seed in order to continue doing this lovely podcast that everyone listens to alright thanks very much we'll speak to you next week like I said you will find out in this year podcast if you enjoyed the show please give us a five star review wherever you get your podcast it really helps us get the word out uh, we're not just a podcast of course if you'd like to hear more from the team then check out vg247.com for our fantastic news coverage features reviews and game guides Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye.